Welcome into the Trade with the Best podcast, Craig Hoffman, Chris Gores, and we are here with Joel Sanders, longtime friend of the pod. Uh, we've recorded at Exos. Tell us a little bit about where we are, by the way, Joel. This place is incredible. Well, if I told you and anyone else, then I'd have to kill you. Ooh, but, don't tell uh, us. <laughs> Don't tell okay. Us. Uh, let's just yeah. call it undisclosed. Yeah, let's place. call it an the undisclosed location the ultimate, that we're calling. Yeah, yeah. I would call it the ultimate man cave. Okay, I'm and, cool and with it that. really is. It really is a pretty cool spot. You've got workout equipment. You've got a cool espresso machine. You've got this amazing table and couches. I mean, yeah, I would say this is the ultimate man cave. What else do you need? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. And we brought the podcast equipment, so here we are. And since we didn't say any more than that. We're not dead. That's right. We're not big, dead. We did plus. not disclose the location. Big plus. Uh, so what we're going to do today is we're here in Phoenix still. Uh, this is the last thing we're doing before we leave, uh, which is funny because so much of what we've done while we're here won't come out for another couple of weeks. Um, we can't tell anybody about that on this podcast. Or otherwise, right. why are so many people trying to kill us? What yeah, have we done? I, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know. know. Well... Maybe we're on to something. We're, we're doing so much secretive stuff, man. It's just dangerous. We're, on the, we're, live, we're, we're living dangerously. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this is chronologically in, in real time, the last thing we're doing before we leave. And Joel's been doing a great series, Programming for Noobs. And so you've had so many, there's so much great interaction on social media. We thought it'd be kind of cool to flush out some of these, these thoughts in a podcast format, the old long form compared to the, the social media short right, form. Right, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So uh, do we just dive right in with step one or why did, why did you want to do this uh, in the first place before we even get to step one? Like, why did, why were you like, this is something I want to post about? Yeah. So the, the noob part of the equation actually for new coaches and trainers. Nice. I so like the, the reason at Exos, every internship, halfway through the internship, I ask, or we ask the interns right. to send us, hey, send us one thing you want to work on second half of the yeah. internship and learn more about yeah what do you think the number one request we get time and time again programming. is i want to learn more about how to write programs mm. every time and so you know after banging my head against the wall for years of like hey well, let's try this way to, to teach you how to program and right uh, let's try this style let's have you write programs and then we'll look over them and, right uh let's sit down on the whiteboard and and go through them is I'm like, all right, here's what we're going to do. I'm, I'm breaking this down. I'm going to go in the lab. And so there is like even a long-ish form yeah. on strengthcoach.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wrote an article. Check it out, it's, guys, strengthcoach.com. Yeah, so strengthcoach.com, it's, a, it's on there free, so it's not nice. gated. So that's a, a free. So I wrote the article. So you've already got notes, but we want you to keep listening to the podcast. Yeah, well... I mean, I still don't tell all, right? Okay. So in the article, I mean, you got to keep some secrets <laughs> right. for your friends. That's right. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So that's that was why I wrote the article, which turned into a Twitter thread going semi-viral um, and really one of the most popular things I've posted in nice. years. So, so beyond just an intern at Exos, who would you consider to be a noob, right? Like a new coach is somebody who – just decided to be a trainer, has been in a trainer for a year. Like what, what would you define as a noob? I think if you, if you don't feel confident in writing training programs, mm-hmm. if you feel like every new client or athlete that you comes walk through the door and you're like, Oh boy, where, okay. How I, where do I go with them? Right. Where do I start? That's a, that's who I wrote this for is 
here's a system that you can use. Yes. It's going to save you some time. It's going to it's going to keep your programs a little more streamlined so you don't feel like you're starting from scratch yep. every time someone new walks in. Yeah. I think that's a great question too and a great thing to think about is you've got the people who just get started that like they barely know enough to program because they like they you know they've got six spots to fill and no seven exercises so like there's that problem but even as you get a year in and you pick up a lot of new stuff now you've got a lot of tools and not really a clue where to put them at that stage so like you're still new but it's a different challenge of being new so i think that organization that we're going to get into is really helpful and to think about it in that way of like anyone who's struggling to put the pieces together as opposed to someone like, I mean, I'm the, the least experienced one at the table and I've been doing this for six years and for, uh, I would say the better, better half of them at this point or more than half of them at this point, like I felt pretty comfortable with any client walking in and being like, all right, this is your goal. This is your challenges. I can put together a program. But if you're not at that point yet, whether you know seven exercises or a hundred and just don't know what to do with them, like there's still a level of new newness that the organization that we're going to talk about can help. Right. Right. Yeah. And yeah. you said the magic word systems and we love, we love right. systems. We love principles. So a systems based approach. That's I put right. in a thousand <laughs> pieces of marketing material. Right. So step one, what's the, the number one thing you step in, you start in, in programming for noobs. The first thing you think about is. Before you sit down with a, a pencil and paper is get to know your athlete or client. And, but I think you have to have a system behind getting to know them. Mm. And it's, it's not because most noobs aren't quite skilled enough to sit down and have an open conversation mm -hmm. that allows them to then leave the conversation and like, all right, I know exactly how I need to put this program together. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's four questions that I ask in every new sit down and kind of a strategy session with a new athlete. Gotcha. Okay. Number one. When's the last time you followed an intensive training program? Right? Something structured. Right. You know, was it a month ago, a year ago, or never? Right. Right. right? So that's number one. And, it, and by the way, intensive, usually an intensive kind of strength and conditioning program. Yeah. Right. 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 Uh, when's the last time you've, you've lifted, you've done some strength and power work? Right. Um, et cetera. So that's number one. Gotcha. Number two. Any injuries right. that are currently limiting you. Right. Right. Uh, I think that step's missed a lot. And I, I mean, there's nothing worse than starting a new training program. Mm -hmm. You're geared up, you're ready to get after it. And then day two, they come in and something's tweaked. Right. 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 We didn't know about. Right. I think that's so interesting, too, that that's something that, pe like, of course, it's something people forget. But it's also something that and maybe I'm hyper aware of it because I work in a PT clinic. Like I train out of a place that people typically are in because they are rehabbing some sort of injury. But it's like the first thing I ask is, is like, all right, what? And, and in fact, it's on our intake form. Like, yeah. what injuries are you dealing with? Like, right. so if definitely if you're not asking that, um, right, that's that's so critically important. But I mean, you you have the intern knowledge and, and a lot of the new trainer knowledge that uh, I guess that is something that that people forget. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, the, so number three is it's like basically asking what are your goals? But I think people can get a little confused with goals or it's sometimes like heavy. And so I ask, what's one thing you want to focus on in your training? Mm. I like right. that better. Yeah. Um, so I find you get answers that are a little bit more like A to B. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we'll talk about like long-term goals and sure. strategies and why things matter to you. But right. like I, if I, I need to write a program for you right now, just what's one thing you want to focus on so I can make sure that that is in the program. Right. Right. And I think too, like I think of some of my clients, it's like I've asked what are their goals and they're like, I want to deadlift this much. I want to do a pull up. Then I want to do 10 pull ups and then I want to bench press this. And it's just like, oh God. That's a lot of stuff to work on. Can we pick yeah. one? And so I love that of just like, yeah, what what's one thing on? you want to work on? And yeah. that way you don't give them the opportunity to overload. And they're going to have to make the decision of what the most important thing is as they answer that. Yeah. Yeah. If I can get, if I can include that one ingredient, you know, that, that one's big. So, um, and by the way, they, they, people, people kind of stink at goals. Yeah. Like you're saying, yeah, like they, they do. don't even know. They don't know what they, they want. Don't, right. They're yeah. not exactly sure. Right. The, the you know, things they're trying a to lot accomplish. of them got their goals off the last meme that they found like <laughs> bench press 500 pounds yeah i want to bench press 500 pounds like whatever well, why do you want to do that, that they saw because it's cool yeah i saw it on instagram right like i want to box jump 60 inches okay same <laughs> yeah. actually i don't you don't need to box jump right. 60 inches you don't need to do i that. wish i was capable of box jumping 60 <laughs> inches but that's a different goal right all right then there's you said there's four parts yeah, yeah. last one is what are your workout likes or dislikes? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, if you tell me you hate running, yeah, then I, can I can I accomplish the goals? Yeah, that you want. Can I can I get a good training program? Yeah, designed for you without running. I would like to make it known right now to all of my friends who are trainers listening that I sincerely dislike versa climber <laughs> and crawling. <laughs> so if there's anybody out there who I'm planning to come and visit soon that we want to work out, just know that I dislike Versa Climber and crawling. Why don't you, you just say Natalie's name? That, uh, well, okay, you just did it. I'm trying why to... You, why you got to throw shit? We're in undisclosed location. We're in, we're in the Bat Cave right now, so I'm trying to keep things, you know, a little bit anonymous. But, yes, Natalie, I don't like Versa Climber and I don't like crawling. But I still like you, though, Natalie. So Natalie, Natalie was very helpful this week. <laughs> Thank you, Natalie, for your service. Yeah. I had a great time working out. Now we know why Chris only joined us one of the two days and worked right. out with a different group on this morning. <laughs> <laughs> but going back to Joel, I think that is really important, right? Like to know, yeah, I joke around. I dislike it, but I'll, I'll get through it. But for, for the person who's coming into your gym, if they really like something, that's going to help you create buy-in versus if they really dislike something and you're making them do a lot of it. Now they're asking the question, is this the right trainer for me? Right? So... Yeah, I think that's an important question to ask. Yeah, I mean, number one thing, and I'm generalizing that most females, when I start to work with them, say is, I don't like to lift right. weights. Right. And in particular, they see the barbell, yeah. and they get intimidated. Yeah. So if I have someone come in and says, I don't like to use barbells, okay, okay. Well, let's, yeah. this kettlebell, dumbbell, right. TRX time cable right. time and so if i can get buy-in and they see results using those pieces of equipment where yeah. they don't feel like they're lifting heavy weights 100%. and it doesn't leave you know calluses on their hands yeah. which by the way ladies calluses are sexy okay men <laughs> men find calluses sexy okay uh is if i can get buy-in there then i can start to weave in Maybe a barbell with like a landmine. Every once in a while. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, but it's... Don't worry, we're not going to lift it. Because I think yeah. it's, just, it's the intimidation factor as much as anything. Well, um, it's, the, it's, the, it's the weightlifting. I don't like lifting weights. 
okay. But if it, but they don't realize that a kettlebell is still a weight. A resistance band is still a resist a form of resistance that we're we're moving. Right. So so this you, brings you up gotta, an interesting. Like, you got to like play with it a little bit. This brings up kind of an interesting like side topic debate though of like how much convincing do you i mean obviously look we could all train someone really successfully while never touching a barbell right yeah but as someone starts to like the gym or depending on their personality some people like to be challenged or feel challenged right like oh you don't like that i get i guarantee you i could get you to like it like i could find something i, that I don't you think like that you that. would say that you just right. we talked about it before we, we you just trojan horse it like put it in the trojan horse and then right. all of a sudden they like it and then it's like they're the ones hey like I think I want to try deadlifts or whatever. You know? Right. And, and <laughs> so how much, you know, how, do you try to set it up to eventually you're going to include some of that stuff? Or are you just like, you know what? That person's never going to touch a barbell. And that's just, that's fine. Because we could be successful that way. But the more tools you have available in your toolbox, the better. Never say never on touching a barbell. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. But uh, yeah, you just don't start there. Yeah, right. just yeah. like you said, we're, I'm going to hide the broccoli in yeah. the mac and cheese for my kids. <laughs> so that's where we start. That's a, that's a good one. By the way, uh, we did find someone finally to come on the podcast that has more children than you. That's right. You just you beat Congrats me. on number Congrats. five, sir. All right. Yeah, Congrats. Yes. Thanks. Yeah. Five kids. They they do hand out awards for that these yeah. days. You got a basketball team. Yeah. 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 You and said you were coaching you're, you're coaching your girls the other night or you're, you were coaching because we were trying to find a time to do this. And I was like, that that tracks because you have an entire team. That's right. Yeah. And five girls. I know. Yeah. By the way. You so, got it, man. You win. Girl dad. I'm not Ultimate girl dad uh, over here. Yeah. I'm, I'm not running that race with you. You got it. It's <laughs> <laughs> happening out. Yeah. <laughs> the Train with the Best podcast is brought to you by Super Coffee, or as the front page of their website right now says, coffee enhanced with optimism. Now, what makes it so super? One, they have a wide variety of delicious flavors. Two, there's no sugar added. Three, it gives you sustained energy throughout the day because there's no sugar added. That means there's no crash. There's good caffeine in there because it's super high quality premium organic coffee positive ingredients like mc mcts from coconut oil making it keto friendly by the way if that's your jam and it's all available right now at drinksupercoffee.com for 25 percent off whether you go with the sweet and creamy coconut mocha which by the way is also plant-based or some of the originals like regular mocha or vanilla all available right now 25 percent off using the code train with the best that's train with the best at drinksupercoffee.com coffee enhanced with optimism sounds good to me all right so so that was step one getting to know getting to know your clients getting to know the people that you're working with with the four questions that you mentioned right like when was the last time that you participated or or really followed an intensive program what are your injuries? What are your likes and dislikes, and uh, what is the one thing that you want to focus on? Yep. Right. So that's step one. What what what's the next step from there? Once you once you have all that information, you've got great conversations. You have a good feel for who your client is, what they want, what they like, what they don't like. What's the next step? Yeah. So, you know, now's when you actually sit down, and you're going to design a training program. So, here's one key that I think is getting lost more and more now is, mm -hmm. I think you go analog on your rough draft. Mm -hmm. So close your computer, get off your phone and going, it's not yeah, it is because you're a little less distracted, right? But going analog, uh, it allows you 
to not have to be so perfect. You know, right. if you have a, like you know, a lot of people have an Excel template or if you're yeah. using, you know, software, uh, yeah. it just, it takes more time usually to format things. So I think going analog, pencil and paper yeah. to start allows you, you know, a little, to relax a little bit and kind of, you know, cut out the distractions. Yeah. You know, for, for me, I, I haven't used pencil and paper my whole life. Like even when I was a kid, like I just never took notes because you know my brain, like it's just everything is on. But, Super computer brain over but here. But it's like, a, you know what? It, it's it's almost the subconscious feeling of it, this is an unfinished product, so it doesn't have to be perfect like you said, right? Mm-hmm. So you have this pencil and this paper or when I'm thinking of things in my mind, like it's it, it's literally like a beautiful mind. Like everything is moving around and everything is shifting. Like does that work? No plug and play the next thing right so like in my mind i'm actually still using a pencil and paper and i'm just i'm just doing it in my mind but um yeah i I think approaching it with that that rough draft mentality of like hey this doesn't have to be the finished product um i think that's a great uh i think that's a great step what about like how long do you program for like do you program just for the first week the first three weeks the first six weeks a block of training. A so, block. Yeah. And yeah. I, a block is, let's call it four weeks. Yeah. You know, it could be three weeks or six weeks, but mm-hmm. it's called block four weeks. Mm-hmm. So that's what, like when I'm talking about how to write and design a training program, yeah. it's called a block right. of training or yeah. training phase. Yeah. So if I start, so you're, you're at your desk, you got your sheet of paper, your analog, you've got your pencil. The first thing you need to decide is how many days a week is this person or athlete going to train? Mm-hmm. So uh, a lot a lot of it is based on their availability. But mm-hmm. past that, when you're deciding how many times they're going to work out and train, two times a week is minimum, let's call it. Yeah. Three times a week is kind of like the almost the gold standard for a lot of people, adults, athletes, and the time that they have. Mm-hmm. And then four plus, like that's a dedicated push. Yeah. That's someone who's either serious about their fitness and their goals um, or you're off-season with an athlete. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing you decide. How many days a week? Right. right? That's, that's actually, like, that's step one that's now step that one. you have your, right. your pencil and paper. Yeah. Right. So another factor into that, um, and this is something I deal with a lot because a lot of my clients also are group fitness people. So they're, they take their, their solid core, their orange theory, their – cut seven these are workouts in a couple of them local to dc but um whatever it is you know they're they love their pilates their yoga their hit class their whatever it is it's important to understand what those things are and where that fits in the program because you know as as you try to do your two times a week or for me sometimes i I have a lot of clients that are one time a week because it's supplementing the other thing that they're doing you got to understand as a trainer how to program around those things right. because for them that class where they have their community and stuff already built in maybe they have some level of routine there that's kind of their sport or if you're dealing with an athlete that has an actual sport and they have practice and those kinds of things like right. you might be dealing with some some additional factors other than thinking like like you kind of I guess would have to get out of the mentality of and this is hard when you're new you're like no my thing's the most important thing like strength training is the steak everything else is potatoes right you have to understand when you're the potatoes too and it's obviously ideal when you're not but like I think that's something that 
is real easy to be real self-important with when you have to understand, and this will go back to step one of like really understanding the goals, needs, wants, desires of the client that you're working with. Yeah. 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 I mean that, and that separates some of the, the great trainers and coaches from the good ones is they're taking all the ingredients of the recipe into account, mm-hmm. you know, and they know how to, how to take a pinch here Absolutely. and a little, da- you know, douse there versus just doing their thing. Right. So, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You bought the old Jacques Pepin, the pals. <laughs> I was going to s- soy bay, but that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay. So step two. We've got our, our pencil. We've got our paper out. We're going we're gonna to talk about or we're going to think about how many times a week this person is coming yeah. in. We're going to consider everything else that they have going on in their lives, whether it be work, practices, games, other workouts that they're going to. All right, what's step three? Choose your training split. And what I mean Huge. by training split yes. is how you organize movement patterns. Yes. And this step is where a lot of noobs, they, they fast forward and they already start thinking about exercises yes. that they want to pick. And, you know, I relate this to, like, do you, you guys, significant others, they ever ask you, like, c- to compare paint colors for your house? Like, yes, they're going to... of course. Right? And, you, I mean, I don't know about you, but every time <laughs> my wife comes with the 28 shades of right, off-white, green. yeah, yeah green, <laughs> is I look at it, and like my eyes start crossing, I get yeah, a little yeah, woozy. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I think that's what a lot of a lot of noobs, when they start thinking about exercises, they you know they want to do all the things, mm-hmm. and and so we need to take a step back. Don't worry about exercises yet. Yeah. So um, pick your training split, and when you pick your training split, you're thinking movement patterns. Right. So there's what I mean by movement patterns is your first bucket is upper body and lower body. Right. So is it upper body movement? Is it a lower yeah. body movement? Yep. Now I'm not talking about power-based movements, course, right? right? Hand right. cleans. Let's, right. let's just save that Just the actual second. movement, like what joints are moving. Yeah. So upper body or lower body, and then are we pushing or pulling? Right. So you really have four main categories that you're organizing through the week. You have upper body pushing and pulling, lower body pushing and pulling. Right. Right. And it can get more complex than that, but I don't want to make it more complex. Right. So when you choose your split, are you going to do upper body one day and then lower body the next? Are you going to do all four of those movement patterns in one day? And so here's how I break it down is the less times you're training per week. Yeah. So two to three times per week yeah. and or the less experienced you are, yes. you know, take like a high school athlete yep. or middle school, they need more full body yep. every Absolutely. day. Total body. Like it's like taking your vitamins every day. Absolutely. And the more, the more you train. So if you're training four days a week, right. Or if you're more experienced and you need more, you need a more pinpoint dose. Right. That's where your split becomes more specific. Yes. So you have, here's three splits to keep it simple, full body split, mm-hmm. meaning no every split. work, yeah, no split would yeah. be right. No split. Uh, the yeah. all split, yeah. all four, <laughs> all four movements right. in every day. The second is a push pull split, mm-hmm. meaning you get one of the upper body patterns and one of the lower body patterns right. each day. For instance, upper body pushing, 
And then, and when I, I like say, them. you know, I don't, like, I don't want to insult anybody, but when I say upper body pushing, I'm saying like, you know, push-ups, bench press. Yeah. And then lower body pulling, mm-hmm. deadlifts, single leg deadlifts, right. leg curls. Yeah. That's our, that's our medium split because you get a little bit of upper body right. and a little lower body each day. Yep. And then the most advanced and most dedicated dose is an upper lower split. So yeah. all upper body one day. All lower body yeah. movement patterns yeah. the next day. As, I, I would say that that I don't see that very often anymore, just because I don't see clients that often. I, I don't see a lot of clients that are four times a week, unless it's very specific, like combine prep or something like that. Right. And even then, it's like, do I have these people for long enough to actually take them through what I call a hypertrophy phase, where that would be really suitable? Right. Like, right. okay, if I'm focusing on hypertrophy. Yeah, upper upper lower split is probably going to be a little bit more appropriate. Right. You know? I mean, I train myself that way for a long time because that my main workout is in the gym. Right. It's four days a week. You yeah. know, whatever. And I just got bored with it eventually. And I do. I try to do a lot more full body now. And you know, I'll mix up different things. Like I'll have a power day. I'll have more of a like yeah. a circuit day. So when you get more advanced, there's obviously ways to to mix it up and still be in the gym four times a week. But right. Um. It's not like the quote unquote only way to split it. But I, I think especially with newer trainers and newer clients, like keeping it simple is so important. Cause the other part of that is like, we talk about newer clients get that, that no split, that all split, however all you want to look at yeah. it. Like they need to do the basic movement patterns. Yeah. So they become proficient in them. Like it's practice in some ways, like they need to get a lot of squats in so they get good at squatting and then they can right. build off of that. They yeah. can, you know, they understand what a bench press should feel like. So that way as they go up and wait and start to get closer to their actual potential and, and start to push that potential higher, like, they're proficient in the movements. So you don't need, you know, the twisting single leg, whatever. Like right. you just need to squat and then you need to do a push up, and then you need to do a row and then you need to do some kind of basic hinge right. and that's your workout. And once they're good at that, they can start mixing it up a lot more. And by the way, that's also going to be really effective because they've never had that kind of stimulus before. And, and the other thing to think about too, for, for the noob trainer is the practicality of it, right? Because life happens. So mm-hmm. Your clients aren't going to make every single workout. They're going to miss. So they're going to cancel. They're going to have a vacation. If you live in D.C. or in Maryland or Virginia, they're going to have snow days where they miss workouts. So if they if they come in for upper body on Monday and they missed Wednesday because somebody in 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 their class tested positive for COVID, say so they quarantine, like so they only got upper body that week, right? right. So so that's why I, I think that all body split is, is almost. That's almost like a must for noobs. Like you should start there. And until somebody proves to you that they are actually going to show up three or four times a week for a month, then we can start working out into different splits. Okay, here's a next level concept that that isn't talked about a lot is not only is it schedule is is you, are you thinking about their life and their schedule? Yeah. If you're a young or novice athlete or adult is you don't know how to tap into your body. Thousand percent. There's a there's a a concept called um, like the strength curve. I think it, it. Anyways, I it's the strength something. Yeah. And basically, what it's saying is, you know, Chris, if you've been training and you've been working, you've been training for decades. Yeah. At this point. Uh huh. If you do a hey, come on, come on it, now. What, I said he just called you old because you started young, up? right? You started yes, at like we, age five. Can we just five. back off the decades? <laughs> like <laughs> you've been yeah, working you've been out for a while. Let's just say we've been training for a while. You yeah, yeah. It, 
It's, it's been a while. You know what you're doing. Hey. Exactly. <laughs> no, we're good. You're we're a black good. belt. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> with a white belt mentality. Yeah. Vinny Scolo yeah. would be proud. Okay. <laughs> so that, that, if you go do a hard deadlift session, mm-hmm. you know how to push yeah. closer to your max capacity. Yeah. Whereas a, a, a new, like a young athlete right. who looks like Bambi on ice and their <laughs> knees are buckling right. and every rep looks different is I could do deadlift with them today and tomorrow yeah. and the next yeah. day. Exactly right. And they don't, it doesn't fatigue their central nervous system. Right. They probably don't even get sore half the time. Right. Um, so the more experienced you are, the more time you've spent under the bar. Yes. The closer you know how to work to your physical capacity. Yeah. Which means you need to have more specific splits to give those movement patterns, right. those parts of your body, a Proper little bit more rest. Recovery, right, right. The, the concept of perceived maximum effort versus actual maximum effort, yes. that's a, There's a huge gap in that with novice athletes versus elite athletes or black belt athletes. They're going to be, that gap between perceived and actual is going to be very close, if not right on the dot. The Train With The Best podcast is brought to you by Momentus and the brand new collagen shot designed with the active individual in mind. It is convenient. It's the first collagen gel ever made, one of a kind, and they have the patents that there's not going to be another one coming around anytime soon. But it's the first ever collagen gel that's both easy to use and great tasting. Not only is it mobile and user-friendly, it delivers results. Clinical evidence shows consuming collagen 30 to 60 minutes before training increases collagen synthesis in tendons and ligaments. So yeah, the classic collagen marketing is all about your hair, your nails, your skin, and like, that's great. But long-term health longevity in your tendons and ligaments, that seems pretty important too. And when taken one hour before exercise, research has shown that the combination of collagen and vitamin C doubled the levels of amino terminal propeptide, a key indicator of collagen synthesis. So of course, what a momentous do, put the proper amount of vitamin C in this collagen shot. And if you don't believe us in Momentus, it's third-party tested. Each batch is NSF certified for sport. Sounds too good to be true? Go ahead, try it for yourself. We dare you. Go to livemomentus.com, use the code TRAINWITHTHEBEST25, and you'll get 25% off your first order. And if it's a subscription order, you'll get 15% off all the refills. That's TRAINWITHTHEBEST25 at livemomentus.com. Go add the collagen shot to your subscription right now. All right, next step. So, all right, you got your piece of paper. You've got, we're going to work out, let's call it three days a week. You got your splits. You got your split. Mm-hmm. So, on the top of each day, so day one, day two, day three, you write the split. If it's full, if it's all body, you know, yeah. I'm writing upper push, upper pull, uh-huh. lower push, lower pull. So, I've got this across my piece of paper. Mm-hmm. The next thing you need to do is map out the blueprint of the session. And when I say the blueprint... What I mean is, uh, let's say you're building a house from the ground up. Yep. Do you pick out the paint? Let's, let's stay on paint colors here. Right? <laughs> I just want to say for the record, by the way, no kids, apartment living. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. But <laughs> everything is all white where, where you live. But we have to. I can theorize. Me and Joel have to choose between sea breeze and aquamarine. Okay? Yeah. Like, I, I do find myself looking at Chris when I was like, this stuff. So, is so, it pearl? Is, is it? it white? Is it off white? <laughs> right. So 
you're building a house from the ground up because you will one day. One hey, day. You're getting married, so don't worry. Your time will come. It's, it's coming. coming. Okay? It's, it's coming. coming. Yeah, it's sneaking up quick. Um, so think when building a new house, you want the blueprints of the house first. Right. You're not picking out the carpet and right. the hardwoods. I want to know the floor plan. Yeah. How many rooms? How many bathrooms? Square footage. Right. So when you build out your workouts, when you're getting ready to design, you need to know and map out Okay, how is the session going to be organized? Yes. You're thinking about how long are the workouts? Yes. Do you have an hour or 30 minutes? Yep. Uh, your gym flow. You know, like I can't pair, if I'm training a soccer team, I can't pair dumbbell RDLs and dumbbell bench press because right. we only got so many dumbbells. Right. Um, but at the core of it, here's the easiest and I would say the, the really the best way to organize a training session if you're a new coach or trainer, is at the top of your session, you want your appetizer. Yes. Your appetizer is power, plyos, and or speed work. Yep. Yep. Okay, so that's, you're priming the system, you're revving the engine. Yep. That can be anything from medicine balls and hurdle jumps or hand cleans and power cleans, you name it. Right. Okay, so that's your appetizer. Next, entree. Mm-hmm. Entree or your primary movements, mm-hmm. meat and potatoes. So the ones that we just talked about planning, upper and lower, pushing and pulling. Mm-hmm. And then anything left, if you got any time left, anything you want right. to tinker with, yeah. that's the dessert. Right. And the dessert can be arm work, yeah. ab work, anything that's complementary to the session. Mm-hmm. And so when you write the blueprint out, you're taking all those things into account, but in general, if you have an appetizer, an entree, mm-hmm. and a dessert, it's going to be a pretty solid training session. So let's double click and go a little deeper on that because especially on, again, going back to like the all body or the, the all split, no split, you know, something where you may have multiple compound movements within a singular training session. How do you approach the loading on those things? Because like, for instance, Rachel got hurt because she was working with a trainer who had her go, I think it was heavy squat, heavy deadlift, right back to back. <laughs> As like, yeah, no shit you got hurt. Like that's oh. that's a terrible idea. Uh but the idea like that doesn't mean you couldn't do heavy squat or not necessarily heavy squat, heavy deadlift, but you could do squat and deadlift within the same workout. Of course. Right? It's just ha- when you think about in in the way that you've you flushed this out in the article and the tweets and the Instagrams and in your mind. Um the approach to to loading and keeping this workout safe, if you're going to be doing multiple things at once, what's your advice on that to, to a new trainer? Well, I think the the number one thing I teach my interns as far as keeping people safe is protect the spine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what she hurt in particular, well, and you don't have to say. I mean, yeah, it was, dead, was deadlift and then squat. She, her low back so got all the, out of whack. Right, was, I mean, I could have taken a guess. Right? Yeah. Is, so you got to protect the spine. And... The number one strength movements that can flare people up, and listen, don't you know, get me and say Joel said squats and deadlifts are bad for people's <laughs> yeah, yeah, backs. No, but I mean, right. if you've been around long enough, you know yeah. squats and deadlifts, especially with barbells, so bilateral movements. Look, squats and, dead, squats and deadlifts are the reason why, we were joking about this earlier, squats and deadlifts are the reason why you have to sign a waiver to join a gym. Because if you go to any hotel gym, they don't have a squat rack and just straight up deadlifts for you to do. Right. There's any no hotel waiver. that we can afford. There's anyway. no waiver to sign. But 
It, it, what, the, the reason why you have to sign a waiver is for squats and deadlifts. That's mm-hmm. where you're going to hurt yourself. Yeah. You're not going to hurt yourself doing front and side raises with the dumbbells at the hotel or or or, bar, or, or dumbbell curls, right? Um, so yes, there's there's a reason why you have to sign a waiver, right? Um, and that's not because squats and deadlifts are bad for you, but if you're irresponsible with the loads and you're irresponsible with the volume, yeah, it can hurt somebody. It will hurt somebody. So here's my rule of thumb, because we see this when we have our interns design, we'll give them, so it's a, their end of semester project yeah. is we give them an athlete, a mock athlete, uh-huh. 22 year old volleyball player. And we have them design a train program. One of the common core themes that we see is every workout has, they, for some reason, get stuck in squat, deadlift, squat, deadlift now it may when i say deadlift i'm not necessarily any, talking about any that. variation right right yes i'm even talking about barbell rdls yeah exactly so but one week we'll have barbell back squats barbell rdls barbell front squats and trap bar deadlifts <laughs> in a four-day training plan yeah so to answer your question and come full circle is alternate between bilateral so between squats and deadlifts, and then the next workout unilateral right and i mean that's an oversimplification yes. but i think your athletes and clients are going to feel a little bit better and stay you know out of harm's way if you just if i squatted this session next session i'm going to do a lunge a step up a single leg squat right right right. right so that way you um, can offset them and just don't do back-to-back five by fives like that's hard yeah. pass <laughs> yeah I, I mean i love I like so so even within the workouts themselves right like we'll right. only do one unilateral movement for a heavy load at five by five. And then the supplementary move, the dessert or the appetizer will be a bilateral, uh, a bilateral move. Right. right? So, uh, there are some exceptions to that, but for, for generally, and then, and then the other game that I like to play is, is the game that I see on Instagram a lot, which is like the NBA all, all, all-star game or the NBA hall of famer game where you have to form a team and you right. have $15, right? And if you pick Michael Jordan, well, that's five dollars. If you pick LeBron James, that's five dollars. But if you pick like Jason Kidd, that's a dollar, right? Right. So you you have to form this team of like, all right, exactly. I've got fifteen dollars to spend. But if I if I get LeBron and MJ, that's already ten dollars because it was a five dollar play. You got your budget. Yeah. So you got your budget, and I've always said you have your 100%. CNS budget, right? So like when you make this workout, you have to know if you're doing squats five by five, that's a five dollar exercise. Right. You don't get to do exactly. another one of those. You got to pick another you got to pick a $4 exercise next. Right. right? So you you know you can't you can't Which, come out here way, and spend $25 right. in CNS books. If if $5 exercise is a trap bar deadlift 5 by 5 like yeah. you can still do a barbell bench press or a heavy yes. not like a, a medium heavy dumbbell right. bench press but like you're looking at a 3 by 8, 3 by 10, something like that where mm-hmm. it's lower lower weight, a little bit more reps. And you, the CNS demand is not going to be It's the same amount of reps. It's just like well, less divided in between. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so, so you just don't – you're never going to push that red line yeah. in the same way as you will early in the workout, which also, by the way, you want to do it early. You don't want right. to do it late because you you have more of your budget to spend. You right. don't ever want to spend your last dollar on uh, – <laughs> like, right. I saved up this $5 <laughs> for the end. It's like, well, actually, you only have $4.50 left. There was yeah. some interest that you missed the taxes. <laughs> and uh, – Right. <laughs> When, right. when they come calling, it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> so, okay, that's a perfect segue into the next steps. It are, all right, sheet of paper, 
Number of days per week. Split. Splits. Session blueprint. Uh-huh. We just talked about from high speed all the way down to yep. our dessert. And then now I'm inserting my movements. Uh-huh. And we just you just we went on a little bit bilateral or bilateral versus unilateral. Yep. Um now when you think about your movements, the more full body or all body it is, the more primary so there's there's three type of movements that I detail in the article. Primary, secondary, and then auxiliary. You okay. know, that's the that's those are the cherry on top movements. Right. Mm-hmm. Primary are higher weights or higher speeds, yep. higher ranges of motion. Yep. So all the ones we just talked about. Those are the ones a lot of people know. Secondary, right. those are the mediums. Right. The dumbbell bench press. RFE, right? Lunges, CRX yeah. rows. Um where do you put weights. where do you put pull ups? Uh Primary. Primary? Yeah. I'll say it depends on the athlete. Like for yeah. some people, pull-ups, hellacious. For some people, it's not that bad. Well, yeah. okay. Uh, yeah, if they could do a lot of pull-ups. But I'm I'm not going to do pull-ups for – I usually don't do them for high reps. And I don't yeah. know a ton of people that generally bang out more than 8 yeah. to 10 pull-ups, quality yeah. right. pull-ups. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm including – so for pull, for upper body pulls – Primary movements are rows and pull-ups. Yeah. And they mm-hmm. can be pull-downs as well because you can load pull-downs. Yeah, yeah. Right. right. And don't hate on me for including pull-downs for the hey, you, caveman training zealots who only do pull-ups. <laughs> but upper body push, bench press, and some type of overhead press. You, you know, like right. kettlebell yeah. push press. Incline, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Lay on, whatever. Lower body push, uh, squatting, and split squats. Yeah. So to me, that's can be rear foot elevated split yeah. squats. Don't you name it? Um, and then lower body pulling primary movements are deadlift and deadlift variations RDLs, um, and then single leg deadlifts. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right, and then bump down to secondary, and you've got some variations of all of those that uh-huh. we just mentioned. Mm-hmm. And then auxiliary are for like upper body pushing, shoulder raises. You can do push up variations, chest flies. Yeah, and you kind of get the picture there. Yeah, so. Here's the simplest way for a noob coach to think about programming. So this would be the next step. Right. You select your movements or you select your exercises. Sets and reps. Yep. Mm-hmm. If it's a primary movement, more sets, less reps. Yep. Now you're going to ask me like, well, what does that mean? Yeah. It's different for it's different right. for everybody, but yep. just in general, more sets, less reps. Secondary movements it's in the middle, yeah. like moderate sets, right. moderate reps, mm-hmm. and then auxiliary. Like that's where we're we're pumping up. It's yeah. hypertrophy. Like break it down. Right. You know, higher reps, usually fewer sets. If you, that's like the simplest way I can do. And, sets and touch and on reps. the rest period too. I, I want you to say it because the rest period matters too, right? So when we're doing a lot of, when we're doing more sets, less reps. How much rest is in between those sets? You need enough rest to be competent in the next <laughs> <Yeah>. set. Enough rest. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but right. enough rest to be competent. Right. I think that's that's a that's a good way to put it. Yeah. And then as you move to secondary and auxiliary work, you want to go, I look for actually a concept called incomplete rest. Mm-hmm. Now, incomplete rest uh, means while your heart rate hasn't come all the way back down, right. You're not just like you're not just scrolling through Instagram between sets. Right. 
Um, but you got enough rest to repeat the effort. You're not, if I did 10 reps on TRX push-ups, yeah. and, I didn't, and then I come back around, I'm only able to do eight reps the next set, I didn't take enough rest. Mm-hmm. So it's finding a sweet spot, which is usually, making a generalization, is usually 45 to like 75 seconds for the secondary and auxiliary. Around yeah. a minute, minute and a half maybe. Yeah. That usually the primary stuff, two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say that. Yeah. That's what 90 I mean. seconds to two minutes depending on, especially once you get into set four, set five of that primary movement, right? right? And, and it's also a great coaching opportunity. You know, we talked earlier about that perceived exertion versus actual exertion. Right. If you have someone who does their five reps and it's like ready to go again, you're like, oh, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. If you're ready to go already, then we need to add more weight to that bar. Right. That's an opportunity to to have them understand how far they are away from their own potential. Like, hey, when I when you get done with that set, I want you to need a minute. I want you to need two minutes. So we're going to push. Obviously, you have to be able to do that in the realm of safety. Right. You don't want to push too far. (laughs) But chances are like they think they're at a nine they're yeah. actually at a four so <laughs> yeah. if you put them at a six they're gonna feel way different right. than they did when they were lifting that four right yeah. and and a lot of novice athletes or folks in the gym they don't they don't know what hard is yeah absolutely mm-hmm. and so here's a strategy you can use is with upper body i find especially mm-hmm. yeah dumbbell rows or dumbbell bench press Mm-hmm. is let's say you have them, you know, they grab their weights and they're supposed to do eight reps. And this isn't day one. This, you know, we've been training with you for a few weeks or right. more. Yeah. Is they get down and they're, they're doing eight reps on dumbbell bench and you're kind of maybe spotting them. Tell them to keep going. Yep. Mm-hmm. I love doing that. And they, they kind of look at you and they do a few more reps. And I say, Yo, go ahead. Keep going. And you're you you're supposed to do eight reps. And sometimes they'll do like 19. Right. Right. <laughs> they get up. And I was like, all right, so you had eight reps, you did 19. Right. So what do you think? Right? <laughs> you think what, 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 think, what do you think about think next can, set? I think we can go up, coach. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of a, a sneaky strategy that you're not even telling them. You're just, they just showed themselves. Yeah. I, I love that. I do that all the time. Another so, one. One more. Come on. You're not slowing down. You got yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> the Train With The Best podcast is brought to you by Jaku. J-A-W-K-U. It's all you need for world-class timing. It works just like a laser system at about a tenth of the price for the same exact quality. You want precision down to a hundredth of a second? You want consistency that you just can't get hand timing? Well, the Jaku Speed is all you need. I used it for the first time the other day and was blown away at how easy it was to use. I timed myself in some 40s, some 60s, plan to take it out to the track and do a couple hundreds, maybe even a couple 200s this weekend. It's going to be beautiful in D.C., 75 degrees. You can find me on the track, but I'm just a guy out here trying to run around and stay in shape. What about a world-class athlete, a guy who's running some pretty high-level meets like the Olympics and the World Championships? Yeah, Nick Simmons was pretty blown away with it too. And if you don't believe us, well, it's on video. You can go to Nick's YouTube channel and check out the second video in our series with Nick and Zoe. And to the time to do the time trials, we use the Jaku. That's right. Nick was like, yes, that's the timing device I would like to use. I would like to use a Jaku and get my 100-meter time down to the 100th of a second. And so we did. And if you want to buy your own or a muscle blaster or a speed ladder or a speed chute, the kind of things that you need to round out your speed training, all you got to do is go to jaku.com. That's J-A-W-K-U.com slash 
discount slash TWTB. You can get that all at 20% off. Again, that's jawku.com slash discount slash TWTB. There was another strategy that you had that I taught you about very, very early on. And this may not be the programming for noobs, but I think I think this would be useful for noobs. Um, you talked about when you have a client. So we're, now we're getting into our secondary and definitely auxiliary moves where the rest periods are, you said, somewhere between 45 to a minute, 30 to a minute, yep, right? Yep. You said that uh, the more novice of an athlete that you have, the more movements that you put into the block so that they have more time to get around into the next r- movement, right? So let's say if I did push-ups, kettlebell swings, uh, some sort of plank, some sort of row, there's right. four movements. So by the time I get back to push-ups, I would have had more time to recover. Whereas if you have a little bit more of an advanced athlete, you put less movements into the block so that there's less time to rest in between the next time you get up to push-ups. Is that something that you still follow or like explain that a little bit? Cause I thought that was really interesting when you said that. Yeah. I think in general, a lot of coaches think more exercises equals harder yeah. in a circuit. Yeah. But physiology when programmed correctly, it doesn't, it actually doesn't work like that. Yeah. So, um, if I have a, if I have four movements in a circuit, you know, I've got more rest before I get back to that first movement. Right. Whereas if I put you on, if I get, grab you a heavy set of dumbbells for you, probably hundos, right? <laughs> if I grab yeah, you, sure. if I, if, <laughs> if I grab them up with, yeah. that's right. If I grab, if I grab hundreds for you, Chris, and tell you and like, all right, dumbbell bench, you know, set of five and then like, okay, two minutes on the clock, repeat, repeat, mm-hmm. as opposed to dumbbell bench and then dumbbell split squats and pull-ups and uh, front plank. You're, now you had five minutes of mm-hmm. those pressing muscles getting to, uh, you know, before they had to really work and ex- expend, right. you know, again. So I think the I think straight sets, which is just one movement. Yeah. Right, right. And, I, I mean, I think I now my go-to is the superset. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Two movements. That, that superset is just – because you're always looking for efficiency. Yeah. Your workout. So straight sets that is not that efficient. Yeah. So supersets, and if you need a little bit more rest, like, all right, now I'm going to stick a, a mobility you yeah. know, in between those two. Right. Exactly, yeah. But, yeah, supersets yeah. is, like, a sweet spot for a lot of people. Yeah. I think the superset is also great from, like, a sales perspective if you will like you know you're trying to you're trying to make sure that this client's having a good experience right so the idea of a single exercise rest okay unless you're the world's greatest conversationalist there's a lot of just sitting there right they want to feel like they're getting their money's worth right and so if you're like would you rather have exercise and say say we're talking about a two-minute block you do the exercise it takes 45 seconds you can either have a minute and 15 rest or superset with that with something that takes another 45 seconds. Now you have a 30 second rest, right? They've now got more bang for their buck. It's not really affected the main exercise that we're doing. Right. You've had some kind of superset that that's right. auxiliary or secondary, whatever, however, you know, wherever you are in the given program and they've got more action, I guess is a good yeah. way to, to phrase it. Here's where I think the root of a lot of straight set programming is a lot of coaches and trainers trained in the, A, they trained at their college, 
right. rec center yeah. or LA fitness or a commercial gym yeah. where you don't have, you have to like reserve your piece of equipment, right? Yeah. You can't get up or someone else has taken it. That's true. And, and you know, we were, we were going off of Arnold's encyclopedia That's bodybuilding. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Shout out to pumping iron. Just pumping yeah. iron. But, but, but again, if you're not taking what Arnold was taking, then good luck getting those Arnold results. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's all natural. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that was, that's, I think that's where that mindset came from is, you know, all chest day. And when you do all right. chest day, how do you superset bench press and incline? But obviously you don't, you don't do that yeah. right. because they compromise each other. Right. But when you think about athletic performance and we are now splitting our days by movement patterns right. mm-hmm. and you include more than one pattern in a yeah. day, which is you. So that's what, that's where we're talking about these type of programs. It allows you to superset movements. So more efficient, you get more work yeah. done. Um, yeah. Yeah. Less dead time during a session. And I just I love like that concept that, that you, that you introduced and I give you credit for that. Something that I learned from you a long time ago, which was hey, more movement patterns in the superset is actually easier physiologically than less movement patterns because you're going to get more rest in between. Makes yeah. sense. So, yeah. Makes sense. Uh, real quick before we go, cause I've heard the planes flying overhead at this top secret location. One of them is eventually going to be mine here soon. So I got to get going <laughs> yeah. here, but uh, you have a new product that you've been working on for like a year and it's almost yes. ready to come out. That's right. So this is not top secret anymore. You've given us the okay to tell people about it. What's coming to Amazon soon. The wolf wedge, the wolf wedge. Yes. But like attack a, your the, goals. The horn in there. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I've I've always squatted with a heel lift. It it feels better. You, you're able to get more mobility. You get lower in your squat, and it's actually easier on your lumbar spine because it helps you stay a little more upright. Mm-hmm. It's why Olympic lifters wear Olympic lifting shoes. Right. Right. Well, save for you carrying around your Olympic lifting shoes like you're a bowler getting ready to go into the bowling alley. <laughs> You can have a squat wedge either at your home if you train in your home gym. You can carry it into the gym with you or in a strength and conditioning facility. I created the wolf wedge because on the market, um, I've seen a lot. There are ones that are made of steel, so they're heavy. Uh, If you drop a kettlebell on it, they dent. And so I made mine out of cross-linked polyurethane, basically a really dense foam Mm. rubber mix. So it's light. It's yeah. less than a pound, so you can take it anywhere. You can easily store it, and uh, it's light. And mine is long. It's it's long enough where a lot on the market are like these little you know tight cyclist skier squats. This one's twenty six inches. So if you're taller, if you like a wider stance, it allows for variation mm-hmm. and not just kind of this one you know style of squatting. Um, and then lastly. I wanted to, it to be really accessible. I mean, like it's sold. You got Prime. You got Prime shipping. It's yep. to you in a couple of days. Uh, so I, I think the Wolf Wedge is going to meet a, a price point that is more agreeable to folks. But this thing's gonna, it's gonna feel good and and like amplify your training. I'm so excited for it. Uh, we'll definitely have one at, at Fit Collective. I'm sure you'll be having some at Onyx. hundred oh, percent. And so, uh, congratulations, man. That's really cool um, to be able to see a problem and be like, "I think I'm the one who can solve that." Uh, is a pretty cool <laughs> thing. And 
Uh, you've been doing that on an interpersonal basis with programming for, you know, since, since you yourself were a noob back in whatever day decades. that was. You could say decades. Okay. <laughs> decades ago. Uh, and now doing it with the, the product. I'm there, very, I'm very there cool. too. I just don't want to admit it yet, Joel. I've, I've been saying don't. a lot more recently, like, yeah, in my decade of doing media <laughs> stuff. And I'm like, shit, <laughs> that's accurate. I've been doing it, <laughs> right. doing it for a decade. So. I still don't have the S though. I still don't have the S. It's not decades uh, yet. It's almost it's almost an S for me. For, for being in this industry, there's almost an S. But I've been training since I was 11 years That's old. That's what right? I was so saying. I mean, right, know. right. You know, just a couple decades ago. Yeah. <laughs> Joel, this was awesome, man. Thanks so much for uh, for making the time for us. Uh, always good to see you. Glad we got to do this in person as opposed to being in a little Zoom windows. And uh, hopefully we'll see you again here soon. Absolutely. Absolutely.